All right, hey everybody, welcome to Pizza Marketing Insights. I am your host, Bruce Irving. Excited for today's guest. He's been on my podcast before, but he's all over the place. He's on Tipsy Blog, he's on Toast Tab Blog, he writes articles for Foodable, he does videos, his podcast. My guest today is the restaurant coach, Donald Burns. Hey, Donald, how are you, man? Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Bruce. Thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, this is the first time we've had you on the live show, though. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, this is pretty fun. This is cool. This is cool. I, I like live stuff. It's you never know which direction it's gonna go. It's very spontaneous and organic. Yes, it could know. be really good or really horrific. Or really horrific. You know, there's not on. one there's no one here with that hook to grab me and pull me off camera if things are going bad. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna have to wing it. We exactly we talked about facebook i always talk about facebook live and uh people always ask me hey this facebook live thing is really popular should i do it i say listen if you're good on camera facebook live could be really good for you but it also could be really bad for you if you're not good on camera or if you're awkward or if you're uncomfortable you have to get it kind of get over that in the beginning like me when i first mm-hmm. had this live show a year ago i was super awkward wasn't that comfortable doing it now look at you not that I'm much better now but no, no, you're you're actually you're, you're you're really good actually. You know, I tell people all the time. You know, if you should do some kind of live streaming, it's huge. You know, the yeah. video is the new it's the new black. You know, I mean, you know, on social media, and there's definitely a hierarchy of social media. And I just wrote yeah. actually a blog for Tipsy about this is that you know, and video and live streaming is the way to go nowadays. If you're not doing some live streaming, you're really missing out on a market. I think it's way easier now than it was when Facebook Live first came up because of things like Snapchat and Instagram Stories. You can kind of get comfortable doing it. You could use those 10 to 15 seconds on those two platforms mm-hmm. to practice, and then they did get deleted, or you could just delete it right away if it's not that great. <laughs> really, nowadays, it's like, you know, yeah, when you do a live stream, it's like, hmm, I wonder how that went. Okay. You know, yeah, but it's live. It's you know, people got to understand it's live. You're going to make mistakes, you're going to stutter. No big deal. Just keep going. Exactly. Well, I did. I did a few live streams from like out in the public, <laughs> like at on location, and uh, everybody's like, "Hey, does, the people like give you funny looks," and I'm like, "You know what? They really don't because everybody's used to people looking at their phone nowadays. It's just part of the human nature in 2017." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, All right. people. Let's talking get into the topic. You know, before I get into today's topic, we're going to talk a lot about hiring, training, managing a restaurant. Uh, what? pitfalls you should avoid when you're running a restaurant in growing a team you know what 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 are some of the things that you need to do in order to build a great team around you before i get into today's podcast i just want to talk about the pizza phone system if you've ever had your phone lines go down at 5 30 at a on a friday night which always seems to happen everything always breaks or something happens at 5 30 or 6 30 on a friday or saturday check out the pizza phone system.com it's going to be great for you you'll never lose online orders or your phone lines again they have a cell tower backup so it's super convenient and they have 365 day 24 hour support because they know we're in the restaurant business so that's when they have their support guys going so go check that out pizzaphonesystem.com you'll never have down phone lines again all right now that i got that out of the way donald <laughs> let's talk about how you got into the restaurant business if anybody's watching this that's not familiar with you how did you get started in the restaurant business? Well, I grew up in the restaurant business. My father was a chef. So, you know, I did the, a typical apprenticeship program starting when I was 15. I told him I wanted to work for him. He said I wasn't ready yet. So he got me a job washing dishes at a Chinese restaurant. And then um, I had a kind of a really gross experience, you know, that involved like a rat and someone chopping its head off. And I came <laughs> home and I told my dad about the experience. And then he actually turned to me and he goes, you're ready to work for me now. 
So I don't know if that was a, a good <laughs> sign or a bad sign, but I took it for what it was. And uh, I started doing my apprenticeship with him. Of course, you know, I started out in, in prep like everyone else, you know, and back then this is like, you know, late, this, I'm going to date myself. How old I am? It's like late seventies, early eighties, you know, and I'm, I'm back in the, in the kitchen. I'm turning, you know, tornaying vegetables and stuff like that. I'd work my way up the line. I'd do something to piss him off. I'd be back, you know, peeling vegetables again, work my way up. It was kind of that up and down kind of uh, spectrum of my training, but it was, it was good. Um, when I was 18, my father, you know, had told me that it was in my blood. And at that time I was like, well, I think I want a transfusion cause I don't want to do this. So <laughs> it was a lot of typical 18 year olds did. I went off to the military and I was actually supposed to go into language school. And I was this during basic training, this guy came in and, and it showed this really cool film of these guys jumping out of planes, rappelling out of helicopters, doing scuba diving, mountain rescue and stuff like that. It was combat rescue. So I tried out for a class and I tried and I got into what was known as pararescue, which is a combat search and rescue teams. Um, very, very high washout rate, like 95% washout rate. We started with like 80 something guys and a year and a half later, only uh, like 11 of us made it. So wow, uh, great experience. Everything I've learned about teamwork was from my time in the military during the, with the pararescue teams. So after I got out of the military and went to college of course, always could get jobs in restaurants because I had experience, and I just and then I started really liking it, maybe because I didn't have the pressure of my dad, all, you know, on top of me. But I really started liking <laughs> right. it, you know. And I just started working with the right chefs and stuff like that. And at thirty, I opened my first restaurant, and like a lot of people, I knew how to run a, uh, I knew how to run a kitchen, I knew how to run a restaurant. I didn't know how to build a business, so I struggled. And I was lucky I got a business mentor who kind of showed me how to how to go from being a restaurant operator to a business owner. And it really helped turn it around. And I learned a lot about small business marketing and about really building a business and clientele and stuff like that. And then I had a good system. And then I opened a second restaurant. And then I sold those. And then I got recruited by Wolfgang Puck. And I worked for Wolfgang out in L.A. for five years. And then he was expanding his catering company at the time. So I, I, I headed up the team that went out and we kind of went across the country and opened up catering units and museums and also took over the catering and actually ended up in Boston. And I was in Boston uh, for a while. And then I decided I wanted to start my own company. So I started my own consulting company in 2005. And I've been doing this ever since. So when you first started your consulting company, did you have like did you have clients already or was it just like you know what I think I'm going to go out there and try to start this consulting company and see where it goes? I had a couple clients. I had a couple clients from uh, my Wolfgang Puck days. I had some good contacts and I picked up a couple clients there in in Boston actually and I'm actually got a, I had a consulting deal with uh Kimpton Hotels. Um, one of the former vice presidents with Wolfgang had went over to Kimpton Hotels and brought me in to do some consulting and do some brand turnarounds for some existing uh, restaurants they had there and it just it just kind of took off from there and you know most almost everything when i first started was all just networking i didn't really have a lot of um i didn't really do any marketing back then um not like you know i do now i do a lot more marketing right. but back then it was just more word of mouth and just basically hey i know someone looking to open a restaurant they could use some help and stuff like that but that's how i yeah, there's no real social Social media back. I mean, I guess there was no. social media for the like people yeah. who are really nerdy well, watching right now. But was my for normal human beings, that wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it was MySpace. You couldn't really advertise on MySpace. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. That wasn't a place to uh, no, advertise for business place. or anything like that. No. no so it's much different now. I always tell people too, like we, I just did a whole, my last podcast episode was about reviews. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, 10 years ago, well, maybe more than 10 years ago now, because 2007 Facebook was around, maybe 12 to 15 years ago, someone would go into your restaurant and have a bad experience. And if they knew five people or if they had friends, they may go home and be like, you know what? They tell those five people not to, go to that restaurant or there was a bad experience nowadays. Like that's, you could have zero friends and have 2000 followers on Twitter and have a bad experience and go home and tell all of those people while you're sitting in your basement. So it's super important nowadays to with social media to be on there and active because people are talking to you about your restaurant. So it's much Mm -hmm. different nowadays. I'm sure for even you. Yeah. I use the, I use the analogy that it used to be word of mouth. Now it's world of mouth with a single click of a button. You know, (laughs) you're right. You know, it goes not only they have 2,000 Facebook followers now. Now they go on Snapchat. They have Instagram. They have Facebook. They um, have Tumblr. They have all those different things that they're trying to figure out, like we are. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so many different vehicles. Uh, so was your plan in 2005 to say, hey, I'm going to start this consulting business? And then was it a, was your plan at that time to maybe open another restaurant someday? Um, at the time, I know I didn't really think I wanted to get back into owning a restaurant, you know, um, I really, I really liked the consulting part. And the thing was like, you know, when I started my restaurant, I was struggling and you know, I had some failures and if it wasn't for the mentor I had and the kind of the business coach I had, I, I probably wouldn't have made it at all because I definitely didn't have the skill sets to take me to that next level. And I really liked that kind of aspect of it. And then I was doing traditional consulting from like 2005 to 2008 when the kind of market kind of crashed, you know? And then I actually hired a business coach to help me kind of remodel my business brand. And he was a business coach and he was taking me through the business process, the coaching process. And I was like, man, you know, I really like this coaching kind of model. And so I was like, and then I started looking around and, you know, in 2008, 2009, I didn't see really too many people like restaurant coach. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. So that's why I rebranded myself as the restaurant coach. And, you know, nowadays, if you, you know, Google restaurant coach, everyone's a restaurant coach nowadays. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's true. Did you find that most people were like yourself when you, your clients, like they're really good cooks or they're really good at one particular aspect of the business, but they don't know how to run the whole entire business? Yeah. There's, there's so many dynamics, especially nowadays, you know, and, 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 and like you said about social media, there's so many different avenues to really manage and get your, you know, your kind of your brand out there and traditional marketing is kind of dead. And so there's a lot of things that most restaurant operators just, they just have struggles with. They could have been, you know, maybe a really great cook, you know, or, you know, really have some really cool ideas and stuff like that. But, you know, you could have the best food in the world, but if you can't get it out there in the market and let people know about it, you're just going to, you're just going to be sitting there in your place by yourself, you know, with a few staff (laughs) with your great food and that's about it. So, you know, marketing is no more, yeah, in, in the world of, that we live in today, there's no more like build it and they will come. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, not like it used to be. And it used to be, right. you know. And but and look at how many restaurants open a year now too. I mean, the market is just so just saturated with you know new yeah. restaurants. And here's my thing about re- owning a restaurant, opening a restaurant. Anybody can do it. If you got a checkbook, you can open a restaurant. True. And I would say, but running is much different. Yeah, I always see opening a restaurant is a lot wearing a bikini at the beach. Everyone can, not everybody should. 
<laughs> that's that's so true. That's it's hilarious. True. Just because you can <laughs> doesn't mean you should. You should really right. think. And a lot of people. Yeah. And actually, one of my um, things, like when when people call me about startups or they want, you know, they're they, I'm thinking about opening a restaurant. I actually, I actually try to talk them out of it a lot of times because I'm like, yeah, do you really understand what this is about. Do you really understand what this is going to do to your life? Do you really understand how many hours you're going to have to be there? You know, right? You're right. It's same in the pizza industry. A lot of people who start mm-hmm. a pizzeria, there's no college. Well, there is. I mean, there's there's not colleges, but there's schools that you can go to learn mm-hmm. how to operate a pizzeria nowadays um, but a lot of people either do what you did like they their parents owned a pizzeria and they kind of gr- either grew up in it or they're an attorney or a plumber or something else and they think it's really glamorous and they say you know what this attorney thing really blows i want to open my own pizzeria one day because they think it's just fun and glamorous like they see guys like tony gimignani who's r- tr- traveling around the world spinning mm-hmm. pizzas and has 17 restaurants and he's all over all these magazines and they think it's going to be like that. But it took him 20 years to get to that point of really grinding it out. And uh, it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's like the younger kids nowadays who go to culinary school and they, they watch, you know, some episodes of top chef or they see food network and they think as soon as they get out of culinary school, they're going to be the next food TV star. They're going to be have endorsement deals. They're just going to show up and just cook and, you know, they're going to get a TV show and stuff like that. And, you know, that's not going to happen usually. So, yeah, it's like winning the lottery almost. It's, it's yeah. very, it could happen, but it's highly unlikely. Could happen. <laughs> I guess there's always that chance. You got to have some hope, I guess, right? You got, well, I, I, I'm a big believer. I always say one of my business sayings I say all the time is that hope is not a strategy. You got to have some, that's really, true. <laughs> <laughs> got to have some business planning behind it to make it work. So, right. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. You do have to have this. So what do you, when you, when you go into a restaurant, what's the first thing that you look for? Um, the first thing I always look for, and I, I usually take a lot, a lot of my clients, I, I call it this, you know, the cycle of service, the steps of service. And I take everyone through kind of this, and I usually as a scorecard and I'll take them everything from the pre-screen, which is that's normally when people are checking you out on the internet, you know, they're checking out your website, you know, and there, a lot of those things, you know, people start forming preconceived notions about your restaurant from the very beginning. You know, what's your brand identity? What's your logo look like? You know, people start forming identities about that. What's your website look like? People start, you know, you know, I hate to say people don't judge, but they do judge. And they start forming yeah. opinions about that. You know, especially like, you know, if your menu on, you know, maybe on your website's not been updated lately and they see something on there like, oh, my God, that sounds really great. That sounds like a really cool pizza. Then they go down there and then, oh, we don't have that one anymore. We just changed our menu. But, but you, it's on your website. They don't get it. They don't understand why you can't run your business, you know, and keep on top of those little things. And that and that kind of pisses them off, I hate to say. And then the next thing is, you know, the parking lot. You know, when they pull up, you know, does the parking lot look inviting? Does it look clean? Stuff like that. You know, the entrance, the greeter is huge. Whoever you have at your door has to be someone with some positivity and some energy, and they have to be able to smile. I hate to say that, but, you know, the the greeter is the first interaction they really have. And, you know, on the phone, too, especially in the pizza business, you know, picking up that phone, having some positive energy when you're putting it, you know, you know, that that means a lot. You know, that's that's a turn on or turn off, you know, right away. It's true. I think online ordering is the best thing that ever happened to that phone for the pizzeria operator. Online ordering is your best friend. If you're not utilizing and trying to drive 100% of your customers to online ordering, 
think you're making a huge mistake nowadays because the customers want it. It's way more convenient for them. Mm-hmm. It'll make you more money. And then, you know, like this, are you familiar? I mean, you're from Boston, so you know Dunkin' Donuts is, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, sh- I probably shouldn't say this, but every time I go to Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> I go to the drive-thru and I order my coffee. And maybe I'll have my wife with me and I got three daughters. So, you know, we're going to get three or four things. We're not just going to get one thing. And I order a coffee and the second I'm done ordering that coffee, anything else? Anything else? Like they want to rush me off the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes when you call pizzerias or you call a restaurant, they do that same thing. They try to rush you off the phone as fast as they possibly can. And I know why they're busy. There's tons of things going on, but like the, the customer will have a better experience if you don't do that to them. And then with online ordering, it totally eliminates that. Like people get to just browse around and order whatever they want and take as long as they want. I'm a huge fan of online ordering. I think it's the new way of that. And, you know, curbside pickup too, you know, that is huge. I mean, that's the new. That's like the delivery system for restaurants, right? If you if you have mm-hmm. a restaurant, you don't do delivery, or even right. if you, I guess if you, because there's a lot of pizzeria operators out there who are not delivering. Maybe they have a fast casual place, or mm-hmm. they have a sit down restaurant, and they're they're kind of on the fence of whether they should start delivering or not. You think that maybe curbside pickup should be what they should start I would with? Start, yeah, I would definitely start there. You know, that way it's, it's, it's almost like convenience of having a drive through, but it's a little bit, not, you know, they just kind of pull up to a spot, you bring it out to their car, you know, and, you know, nowadays with mobile payment systems, they can just, we can just pay right there or they can order online, you know, and just pay. And then all it is just brought to the car. You know, if you get out of your car, especially in weather, you know, in, in cities like Boston where the weather can really turn really nasty so quickly, you know, they can, <laughs> I don't want to say anything cause it's March 1st tomorrow. And I always say March 1st, I'm like, all right, I look, I look around, and I'm like, you know what? I think we're kind of okay. And then March 7th, we get 14 inches of snow. Yeah, I've, I've frozen my ass off a few times at Fenway. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was supposed to be nice yeah. out. It's like, what the? Yeah. April, April 2nd. A- the beginning of April That's is it. not always the best time to no, watch a game at no, Fenway Park. No. Sorry to cut in on the podcast episode. This is Bruce. Real quick. We're looking for some new members to our mastermind groups. We're opening a new group, a few new groups, and adding to our existing groups. If you're looking to grow your business and you're a more hands-on approach person, or maybe you're looking to meet with other entrepreneurs or ask questions about marketing, learn how to use Facebook properly, what's working for offline marketing as well, the Mastermind Group is perfect for you. You can get on two ways. Go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind or email me directly, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. These groups are for people who are hustlers. If you're looking to grow your business and take it to the next level, and you're willing to invest the time and money in your business, these groups are perfect for you. If you're looking to kind of sit back and listen and not really participate on a bi-weekly basis, then these groups are not for you. So if this sounds like you, email me, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com, or for more information, go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Uh, so we got a few people watching here. Brian Weevil says, good evening from Anna's Pizza and Pasta in Winnebago, Illinois. Nice. Chris Jenner says, good evening from... Abruzzi's Pizzeria in Wildwood, New Jersey. New Jersey guy here. Brian says he can't deliver insurance is $2,600 a year. Town of 2,000 people. Jeez, that is a problem with people uh, with Mm -hmm. delivery nowadays, too, is that insurance is just brutal. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing, you know, make your product where, you know, and that's why, you know, curbside is also, or, you know, know, take out to the parking lot is so much easier 
uh, if you can't afford the delivery aspect of it, make it where it's so much easier for them to do business. With. I always say the thing we need to look for, we need to look more towards as our industry grows, look for more ways to say yes to the guest, you know? Right. Uh, Britt uh, Smith, Smith Brew asks, how do you, can you explain? So curbside pickup, maybe guys in the pizza industry, they're used to the delivery aspect. Right. How does that work when it comes to, does, does someone prepay on the phone? I think that's what he's saying. And then they bring it out to you. How do you know when they're there? How does that work in restaurants? How, what does that system look like? Yeah, well, a lot of places what they do is, there's a couple ways. A lot of times you phone ahead and you pre-order and you leave your name. And then what you do is, when you get to the place, when you get when you pull up to the restaurant, you basically you just basically you can call or have a special uh, number for, like for texting and just say yep. like this is Donald. I'm outside. I'm in a you know I'm in a I'm in a black Audi, you know, and, and then they know okay perfect we'll be right out with your pizza, and then they bring your order out you know and then they come out and then you can also do any add ons say hey here's your, here's your pizza would you like to add on any sodas or anything or did you want any cheese sticks or something like that maybe we got some stuff you know pre made that we're ready that we could easily sell as an upsell and stuff like that we're just kind of adding on real quick you know like you want, you want any dipping sauces or anything that way for your crust. You know, and I always think that's a great signature thing is have some kind of signature dipping sauce that you can actually have as like a side, you know, that always comes with your pizza, some kind of really cool dipping sauce. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but man, when I get down to the crust, I like to have something I can take that little that little crust and just dip it into. There's a great yeah. little place here. And uh, yeah, there's a great place here in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, they have like a gorgonzola dipping sauce that they do. And they don't really advertise it. You have to ask for it. It's like a secret menu thing. When you go to their place, it's called Farina's. And when you go to their restaurant, it's not even advertised. But if you know, you know, and you're sitting there and go, hey, oh, can I get the gorgonzola dipping sauce too? And they, oh, yeah, of course. And they bring it out to you, and it's like it's like to die for. But you don't see it on the menu because it's like a secret menu kind of thing. Makes you but feel like you an insider. Like around. Yeah, yeah. But then you're sitting around, and, you're, and then you see, like, every table has it on the table. You're like, damn, I thought it was special. I guess I'm not that special. <laughs> 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 Do you see a lot of secret menus? Do you see a lot of restaurants that have like these signature things for oh, yeah. you have to, is that, how do you, how do you market that? You, yeah, it's, it's all word of mouth. And then that's the way you do it. And you teach your team about it, you know, maybe have a local special or you have maybe a combination that's really, you know, that's really killer. Like you got the killer Kowalski pizza. That's kind of, uh, you know, really popular, but you don't really maybe put on the menu or maybe it's some really unusual ingredients on there that you have. And you have this really killer combo and stuff like that. And when people call and stuff like that, you know, say, hey, can I get your order? Hey, you know, have you tried out our, you know, our killer Kowalski? You know, oh, what's that? Well, you know, it's not on the menu. It's a secret menu item. It's only available, you know, you know, and you tell them what it is and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But that, people love that inside information. People love to think they're on the inside. It's like, you totally. know, in, in an out burger, you know, when you pull up and you order stuff animal style. It's not on the menu anyway. I actually, really yeah, what I actually, what's animal style? Actually, by the way, what the heck is that? I went to eat an outburst for the first time. I it's like onions is. and it's onions on there. I think onions and mushrooms. I didn't yeah. even know about that. Yeah, it's, go it's back not now. on the menu anywhere. When you pull up, you got. I want an animal style. It's just. Yeah, I know it was. Just, I know I've heard of. I know I, heard, I was in California about a, in October, <laughs> and uh, and it, there's no one in outburgers where I am. They're not from. They're not out here yet. No. Um, that, that was like really good fast food burger place. That's like now I know why everybody raves about it. Mm-hmm. No, they do what they do best. I mean, they're real. I mean, I mean, the menu is what like four burgers, three, three, three items. That's it. It's really small, but man, yeah. and 
it's really, really out of the world. It's what every pizza shop menu wants to be. Four things. Four things. Yeah, that's the downside about pizza shops is that you got so many combinations, but there is, you know. And they always have the, uh, we always have this uh, battle of trying to, you know, I was a former pizzeria owner, right? We owned a couple of restaurants and we always have this battle of trying to not say no to people. And I know you have a philosophy of Mm -hmm. saying yes to people, but sometimes when you, with, when it comes to your menu, yeah, if you try to say yes to everybody, that could be an overwhelming task. Right. I say do what you do best, you know, especially in, in that market. I mean, say I say say yes as more ways to make service easier for them, you know, like curbside and stuff like that, or a secret menu. That's more kind of cool ways to say yes. Um, it it definitely you got to know what a good place to kind of market a secret menu. Maybe you have a secret menu on Snapchat only on Wednesdays. And you have yeah, to follow on Snapchat you know, to see it. A lot of those things uh, are really great, like Instagram Live and stuff like that, too, or Instagram Stories. Those are great places to put up stuff because they don't stay around. So you got to be on the inside. And those are great marketing tips to use, like Snapchat or Instagram Stories or Instagram Live to broadcast some stuff or talk about stuff. I mean, I think live video is the new wave that everyone needs to go. And, yeah. you know, maybe you're showing your team you know, making a you know pizza and stuff like that, or maybe you're showing them how they're making the dough and how everything's fresh, and you're showing your ingredients. But you really want to give people an inside view of what's going on in your establishment. Do you do you tell your clients to do? Uh, I do I do a little bit with our people that we work with some of our clients, but I would say if I could say nine point nine people out of ten are just not comfortable in front of video, they're just not mm-hmm. comfortable in front of video. There's very very few people who are comfortable in front of that camera. There's just something that happens when that red light turns on that you could be having the most normal conversation with somebody. And then as soon as that red light turns on, it's like their whole life changes. It's like, even though there's nobody there, I mean, there could be people there, but there's really nobody there. It's just a red light. They just get so paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's the thing is too, is the, the camera doesn't have to be on you either. I mean, you can always be the person behind the camera you know, streaming live and just be the talk, you know, be the voice behind it, just showing other people. That's a good point. You know, so a lot of people think, you know, live is like, I got to be, oh my God, what do I say? I don't know what to say. I think it's true. That's exactly what they think of it. They think like, Facebook live is me, my my face on the camera. I have to, it has to be my face, but you're right. It could be walking around your restaurant. It could be walking around your neighborhood. It could be, you know, taking a delivery. That'd be cool. You know, actually don't drive and take a delivery, be the passenger. No Facebook or any live and while you're driving, that's dangerous. Yeah, 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 definitely. You think your d- delivery insurance is high? Do not Facebook live while you're driving to deliveries. You know, okay, that would definitely yes. kill your insurance. Or, but you know, or here's Instagram another- or Snapchat. Or because yeah, I don't care what anything. they say, nothing on the internet disappears forever. So be careful with no, that. It can be around. But another another great way. You know, we're all we're all the way I said. There's that war for talent. We're all trying to find people. You know, hiring is always a bad. You know, something that is always the thing. That, you know, how do I find good people? How do I find good people? Yeah. Well, what if you broadcast it more? You know, you you do some live video of your your team saying why. You know, maybe we do a question a day. Why do you like working at you know at Bam at Bam's Pizza? You know, hey, I love working here because, man, I just love the owner. He's really great. He really he gives us some flexible time off. He really helps us out. And, you know, if I got some school comes up, he's really cool about letting me, you know, get some time off to study. 
you know, now you're basically building a testimony of why you're, uh, you know, kind of the employer of choice because you're a great place to work for. Who doesn't want to work there? Right. I don't want to work there. If the place was great and it showed a lot of energy and everyone having a good time at the place, I don't want to work there. And now it becomes like a calling cord, you know, calling card. And now you're not just, uh, you know, putting out, you know, applications or putting up a job, you know, a help wanted thing on, you know, Craigslist, which it's hit or miss nowadays, but now you're actually actively recruiting because now you're making yourself more of a culture that people want to come and work for you. So live videos are great for that. Because I've been preaching that for a long time. And it, I, I, okay, Craigslist doesn't work as great as it used to, or um, these other things like, uh, you know, there's so many other snag a job or anything like that. There's so many other places to go. And I think being active on social media, as hard as it is and as time consuming as it is, gives you the at bat for that time when you do need help. If you put a little creativity into that post, mm-hmm. if you're active on social media, people get used to seeing you. And maybe it's not the or the mom or the dad of the person who's looking for a job right. or the uncle or the cousin or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's referrals. Oh, you know, hey, I saw this great thing on Facebook. This place looks really fun. You should go check it out, you know. That's right. what you want. You just want to build that culture, you know, that we're a fun yeah. place to work at. And, you know, we're all about, you know, having having great people and we love our guests, you know. Well, and that's not a great place to work. What do you do then? If you're not a great place to work, um, I got yeah. good news and bad news. Actually, I don't have any good news. I just got bad news. <laughs> How do you make your place great to work at? Like, so seriously, all right. I know that I said that, I said that kind of jokingly, but if you're struggling to, cause I know if you're an owner and you're having a hard time finding people, maybe you're not as busy as you want to be. You're a little bit stressed out. It probably is the hard, it's probably hard to be positive and upbeat all the time. How do you make it? How do you become a good place to work and uh, a place where people look forward to going, even if it is a hard time for you right now? That may be a hard question to answer. Well, not really. It starts with the owner. I mean, I'm a big believer. Culture flows down. It doesn't flow up. And culture always starts with the owner and operator, you know, or the managers, you know, and you have it in your power. I mean, you can, I mean, things might not be, I mean, hundred percent the way you want them right now, but if you come in with a positive attitude, like today, I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know what, I'm going to come in with a positive attitude. I'm going to just make sure that everyone on my team has a great time and that all my guests leave here just, I mean, 100%, 110% happy, you know? And now I come in with self-control. Some people have what we call internal locus control. Some people have external locus of control. Internal locus of control basically means I'm, I'm, I'm kind of master of my own fate. I can kind of yep. make myself, you know, people with external locus control, well, the economy sucks. There's no good workers out there. You know, people just aren't buying you know, I'm just in a bad location. I just, you know, my marketing, I just don't have time. Those people always have some kind of victim mentality or, or reasons right. why they can't get ahead. And it, it all starts with you. I mean, I don't care your mom and pop place. I mean, small little pizza place with like, you know, three workers or you got, you know, 20 you know units across the Southwest. It all starts with the top because culture does flow down and it starts with you. And you can, you can make that decision today. To, I mean, right now, by just making one simple thing, I'm going to raise my standards to what I tolerate. That's a great point. That is the mentality of a lot of people out there is they they focus on the negative instead of, you know, the positive. You know, you, maybe the economy is down, but listen, you have your own restaurant. You have the ability to kind of do and make your life how you want it to be. And mm-hmm. It's all in your own hands. Like you said, you know, if you want to have a 
a bad attitude and go to work today, uh, your, your day is probably not going to be that great. But if you have a great mm-hmm. attitude, you, who knows what you could do? Like the, we live in the greatest country in the world as, as much as whatever you could say about it. Like the opportunity that you have to own a restaurant or to do whatever you want to do in the country. Uh, being refreshed and being like, you know what? Not anything is possible. Cause it really is true. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And it all starts, it all starts with you. It all starts with the owner operator starts with your attitude, your mindset. I just started, I just launched a new uh, website. It's called restaurant coach university. And a lot of the things I'm working on there, a lot of the courses are basically really geared towards mindset. Cause there's tons of courses out there. There's tons of websites you can go and get, you know, I can get systems, I can get checklists, I can get training manuals and stuff like that, but there's not a lot of training out there that really is going to help you take your mindset to the next level. Right. What do you, what do you work on? For the, like, well, give me a couple of examples of things you work on. Uh, the biggest thing I work on is limiting beliefs. And, uh, you know, because whatever is holding you back, it's usually some kind of m- mental. I always look at limiting beliefs. Like if I gave you an Audi, you know, R8, and, you know, the car goes 200 miles an hour. But if I put a governor on the engine and set it at 65, I don't care how bad you want to go 200 miles an hour, you'll only go 65. And the thing is, limiting beliefs and a lot of times our mindset are like a governor that are holding us back. We have some limiting beliefs. And some of those things are things we talked about. You know, have maybe you have a negative outlook, you know, like, well, there's just no good people out there. Well, there are good people out there. You just, you know, you need to be more and more, you know, resourceful. And, you know, and, and finding them. And it's never resources that hold people back from having successful businesses, it's resourcefulness, you know. Huh. I think so that's a just, great point. That, that is a great point. Because I talk to a lot of people. You have done over uh, almost 200 interviews at this point. Mm-hmm. And the people who I talk with uh, all have the same problems. They all have the same Everybody issues does. when it comes to training staff or uh, customer complaints or people or items not coming into work. It's not. There's nothing that they they have a secret form. Like there's no secret. First of all, let me just tell you, there's no secret formula to nope. anything. Like there's no fast way to do it. And there's no secret to doing anything. It's just hard work and effort. But the guys who I have four to 12 to 20 to some, some of these guys have 50, 70 locations mm-hmm. um, all go through the same exact thing that the person who has one location with four employees goes through. The thing is that they have is they, they, they they're just okay with it. They know that that's part of the job. That's what they signed up for. And it, they don't let that bother them and stop them from doing what they need to do on a daily basis to move forward. Right. It's what you're going to tolerate that really decides the quality of your life and the quality of your business. I'm a big believer. I say all the time, all business problems are really people problems in disguise. Right. You know, and if you work on the people problems, everything else kind of goes away. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know, hey, can you come in and fix my restaurant? I said, I don't go in and fix restaurants. I fix the mindset that causes the problems. Once I fix the mindset, the problems fix themselves. <laughs> That's you know? a good point. I you talk know, to them too because we have people all the time call us and because we do marketing for, for pizzerias. Yeah. We do like, you know, and uh, they say, hey, I want, uh, you know, the first thing that we do when someone calls us and they, or they email us or whatever they do for us to go in there, we, we, we look them up online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, listen, we can't make a bad restaurant good, but we can make a good restaurant great. Right. And, you know, a lot of people call us and we turn away f- quite a few people that call us and they're just not ready. You know, their reviews are bad online. They don't have their systems in place. They're not really organized and they, they don't have what you're talking about. They don't have the right mindset there. They have that negative mindset of, oh, my business is down. I can't find any good help. 
my distributor is always messing my up my items. You know, the economy is really bad in my area. The college is closing. I'm like, listen, there's not much we could do for you because all we're going to do is give you exposure to those issues that you're already having more exposure. Right. Yeah, so Brian, mindset, I, I think mindset is perfect. Yeah, Brian made a comment there. He owns a Cooks, open six days a week, most of the year, uh, 12 to 14 hours a day. Uh, stay positive and make the carrot big enough. And one of the things I tap into when I do my coaching stuff is, you know, you got to find your why. You know, what's your driving force? What's your why? Why do you get up in the morning? And it's not about money because I think if you just chase the money, um, you kind of get sidetracked. I think you got to really f- dig down and find out why you do what you do. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you want to go to the restaurant? Why do you want to put in 14 hours a day? You know, and if you yeah. are putting in super, super long hours, another thing you got to look at is building a team that can support you and help you too. So you're not there killing yourself every day. Now I know small places, I was there too, but I also too invested in, in hiring and training and finding a team that I could trust. Because uh, if you don't trust your team, um, you know, you're never going to be the success you need to be. So. Right. The same thing when it goes to your employees, you know, when someone's angry or, uh, disgruntled, giving them a raise is only a really short-term temporary fix. Oh, yeah. There's obviously an underlying issue of why they're not happy with the job, and money is only a short-term fix, And at least in my opinion, in my experience. Yeah. Mark this down. You can tell people, write this down. 99% of all restaurant problems are communication. It's either bad communication or miscommunication, you know? Right. <laughs> so, I think you could take a restaurant in that situation and put 99% of all problems in all life, problems in life, life. life. Yeah. marriage with your children, with your, you know, your partners. <laughs> it's a communication problem. Communication is huge. And I would say probably almost all my clients. And like you said, I don't care if you're a five diamond restaurant, mom and pop place, all problems, all businesses have the same problems. They're just they're different stages of the problems. But almost all of them suffer from the ones I've I've worked with, and I work you know with workshops and seminars and stuff like that. I probably work with like 500 restaurants a year, and I'll tell you right now, it's communication and training, right there. Those two are probably the two biggest issues that almost all restaurants have. When you, you say know? communication, is it the owner who is not a good communicator, or they're just afraid to communicate? Yeah, like well, you know, I use the analogy: culture flows down, doesn't flow up. Think of it like a pipe. Okay, now if I have the owners and up and the you know the leaders at the top, and they're like controlling the water flow or the culture, and then it all kind of trickles down to the bottom, you know, where the staff is, where the hourly employees are, which actually are the ones who kind of have your interaction with your guests. So when I go into a restaurant, the first thing I do is I'll sit and I'll interview the owners and the operators. And I'll talk to them to kind of get a feeling of what they they tell me the culture is. You know, and it's right. always this really kind of high vision, oh yeah, we're this great thing. And then I'll actually, I'll hang out and I'll talk to the staff actually, because I want to see how much of the culture really has trickled down. Cause it's just like a pipe. And I can tell you right away, right away, I can tell what, where the clogs are in the pipe just by talking to the people and finding out. And most of the time it's mis is, is, is probably withholding a lot of information or assumption is probably the biggest thing people know right. just because they're the owner. They think they, people just know what to do. You know, that's common sense. That's a lot of times. Well, it's common sense. They should know that. Well, they don't know it. You need to right. explain it to them. Yeah, no, you're right. It's absolutely true. It's like that game you play where, you know, you have eight people sitting around the table and you whisper in one person's ear. And by the time it gets to that eighth person, it's totally different. 
That's restaurants. That's restaurant communication 101 right there. It's always yeah. like that. You start yeah. with something or you think you know or you assume that they get it, you know, just because it's easy for you and you've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean that everyone else is in the same level, especially new people coming into the market or coming into the restaurant, new employees that never worked in a restaurant before. You think they know how to greet people on the phone. You think they know how to, you know, how to be positive and, and, and talk about, you know, how to have guest service and, and what hospitality is. They don't know these things. No one knows what hospitality is. You're trained at. No, I do. I'm just joking. Um, I do. I do the same thing though. I do uh, take, I do assume myself, I make that same mistake. Well, we do the podcast Mm -hmm. and sometimes we do episodes on whether it be Facebook marketing or email marketing. And we really dive deep into those topics Mm-hmm. assuming that people know the basics and sometimes yes. they don't always know the basics. You know, they don't really even know how to set up a Facebook page or what is a boosted post or how do I right. make my, add my image to the post? You know, we always, I, I personally uh, make that mistake myself. So I, I can, I know how that feels. And, and people won't speak up because they don't want to look embarrassed. No, you know? you're right. And I get one random email saying, you know what? I love the, I love the podcast about close. Facebook. But I have no <laughs> idea what you were talking about. It sounded really good, but I don't know how to do any of that. Can you tell me how to open up a Facebook page? How to start a Facebook right. page? We, I actually did a live show a couple weeks ago about Instagram 101 because um, yeah, it was yeah. a really heavily downloaded episode because a lot of people just aren't uh, – like myself, I wasn't – I, I use social media um, for business, and I study it. I read articles about it. I watch videos, mm-hmm. and I'm in, I'm in it. I'm testing. Uh, but if I wasn't – in the business and in oh, yeah. the restaurant business, using I would never be on social media. I'm not a consumer of really a ton of information like that. And think about how long it's taken you to learn what you've learned too. I mean, it takes a lot of effort to put in that kind of stuff. You know, Snapchat is one. Of, Snapchat is a great example. My son, uh, my son's you know 16, and he's going to be 17 this year. And you know, of course, he loves Snapchat. You know, yeah. So he was, you know, he was out here in New Mexico at Christmas time, and I was trying to get, you know, I was trying to learn a little bit more. And he would get very yeah. frustrated because I'm like asking questions like, what do you mean? What, how do you, how do you get back to the, he's like, uh, you know, he's, he's just doing it really fast. Like, oh, well, slow down, slow down, slow down. I can't, you know, I can't learn like that. I got, I, I need a little more processing here. You know, you just can't like fly through it and just do it for me. You know, take me steps, you know, but I, I, started like that's, it. I think that's one of the hardest social networks to get to know because it's not very intuitive when it comes to how it's used, you know, oh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is all kind of scrolling, you know, especially if you're on the mobile device, it's just scrolling and, mm-hmm. you know, adding a post or a picture is similar. Uh, but Snapchat is completely different. Oh, and yeah, Snapchat gets crazy. And then, you know, I mean, the geotags and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it can get really. But it could be really powerful if you, if you can figure out how to use it. You know how to do it. And yeah, that's another thing, too. Yeah. yeah, don't think you have to do it all yourself, too. You know, tap into your team. I mean, yeah. you know, if I had some kid on my team who was like, you know, 17, 18 years old, who was like a, you know, a Snapchat wizard, I'd be like, guess who you are now? You're now the new Snapchat director of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, you know what? I've seen that too. And they're like, well, I don't want them using my Snapchat account. And I say, I look them in the face and I say, listen, you don't want someone using your Snapchat account and you're going to let them talk to your customer who's paying you money? That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You got to let that goes listen. I would much rather. Yeah, at least Snapchat deletes after teams. 24 hours. Trust builds teams. Trust, trust, yeah. trust. You know? All right, Donald, I had you on the line for 45 minutes now. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can people Thank go you. get more information? Read your blog and uh, find more information about what you do. Give all your, uh, I know you're, you have a ton of uh, 
ton of brands <laughs> you're, you're managing over there. I have, a lot of, I have a lot of brands. I know. I have a lot of brands. Well, my main <laughs> brand is, uh, you know, of course, Donald Burns Restaurant Coach. You can find me at www.donaldburns.net. My new uh, Restaurant Coach University is www.restaurantcoachuniversity.com. And then I have um, with Chris Hill, who I, you know, Chris Hill's a great, uh, well-known chef, TEDx speaker, author of you know, Making the Cut. Um, him and I have teamed up. We have a brand that's called Chef Branding Academy, and that's www.chefbrandingacademy.com. And if you're looking to maybe do some uh, restaurant social media, I know you do a lot of social media, but we also have a, I have a brand called Restaurant Social Plus, uh, yep. restaurantsocialplus.com that does, uh, we do restaurant social marketing for restaurants. Now we do more uh, independent restaurants and, and stuff like that, so. Cool. I'll uh, I'll link all that up in the uh, in the show notes too for this episode. If awesome. you're going to listen to this, I might record this for a podcast episode. So, Donald, thank you so much for joining me, guys. If you thank watch you. this, thank you so much for taking the time out. Go to Donald's website, find him on Twitter. Tell him you you saw him on the Pizza Market Insights with PMP Magazine and Bruce. Let him know you say hello. Follow him there. Uh, thank you so much for watching. To take 45 minutes of your day or night, wherever you are, and watch us here. Uh, I'm super grateful for that. So I just want to say thank you for watching and tuning in. And if there's anything that we can do for you, my email, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Obviously, you know the show every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. right here. We'll be live bringing you guests, great guests like Donald Burns. So guys, have a great night. and We'll see you next week.